prime downtown location. I think like you really have to be sure that you don't want that city life anymore. So, I think once you've spent like in 600 square feet quarantine with someone else, they're like, get us the fuck out of here. <laughs> And welcome back to Perspective. We have a fun episode. Our first time doing a uh, doing this topic. Yes, I know. And and as we talk about throughout the episode, obviously this topic is something that's top of mind for me, you know, lately. So I was super excited when I found out that our guest today was on the roster. Yeah. So we are going to be talking about real estate um it's a hot topic right now i think just for sure in canada um we're specifically obviously in ontario but we're talking with a real estate agent um and just kind of about like what what the market really looks like what's happening where she thinks it's gonna go i guess there's been so many like changes and you know ups and ups ups and ups uh throughout covid for real estate so it was something that we were interested in covering and uh we haven't we haven't really before again this is shit that we should be fucking taught about in school god well i mean i don't think there is a class on what happens to the real estate market when a global pandemic hits but if there was if there was a class on real estate there now would be that class yeah (laughs) how to handle real estate during a pandemic (laughs) But I just mean, you know, information about mortgages and, you know, where to even start. And, you know, our guest today, Jody, she does go a lot, a lot through that. And I got so much good information for it. So you guys probably will, too. Yeah, we're speaking with Jody Gear, as mentioned. She's a real estate agent with Remax, and she covers the GTA in Ontario, but um, has a lot of focus in the Durham region. So if any of our listeners are looking to buy, sell, or just have questions, she drops all of her contact info at the end, and it will be in the details of the show. But she is such a phenomenal resource, and she really takes the time with anybody um, to help them at whatever stage they're at. Uh, so her name again is Jody Gear, and she is with Remax. But the one side of the conversation that you don't really hear about or you don't really talk about that really stuck out to me was how a real estate agent is kind of also like a therapist <laughs> during the process. It um, makes sense. Yeah. But I also did not consider that either. But it totally makes sense because, you know – it's stressful. It's it's intense. You're spending so much money. It's time consuming. I can't imagine. Well, it's definitely the most stressful thing, I think, for me to date. More stressful than having children, to be honest. Uh, what? Just because, Why? Because it's it's a scary thing. It's and don't get me wrong. It's so exciting. Like I'm definitely not putting a negative connotation on home ownership and buying your far- first home, but. It's just this idea that you go from probably renting, maybe you live at home, and you like, well, if you're planning on buying, you have a job, um, unless you're just independently wealthy or inherited millions of dollars. But for the normal you can turn this podcast off. You don't need us. (laughs) You don't need our help. (laughs) Um, But it's, it's just the idea of like, you go from this very like 
comfortable, like routine, like whatever you're paying in rent, you're likely able to afford it comfortably. And now you're ready to move on up and buy a house. And it goes from a rent that you can for the most part, easily walk away from if something changed in your life. And you're like, oh yeah, I can't afford it anymore. I don't want to rent this place anymore. Like maybe you're on a lease. There's contracts that come with renting, obviously we know too. But owning a home and entering into <laughs> this, yeah, this contract and relationship with a bank and with a huge price tag associated with it is yeah you can't just walk away it come it's it's kind of scary it's like well what if something happens and what you know if i don't we, like it anymore <laughs> yeah what if i decide i hate the house like you really have to know so back to just the chat with jody and you guys will hear it but it's sort of that so important to have a agent that you really connect with and will really be able to walk you through everything and I mentioned in the show that I had a great agent, but there are little things like looking back now that like I wouldn't have even thought to ask. I wouldn't even think that that would be their responsibility. Like Jody's available 24-7 for her clients and maybe that's a good thing or not a good thing. Good uh, thing for her clients. Maybe not so good for her yeah, all the time. her personal <laughs> life. Um, but it's just a, so much more goes into it than literally just buying a house or selling a house. And um, on this episode, we chat mostly about buying and especially as a first-time home buyer which will be you yeah so actually just to follow up with our episode which we recorded yesterday she prompted me to take immediate action so today I'm already visiting my real estate agent who will um, get me in touch with a mortgage broker so I took her advice literally and and did my homework and now I'm following through with it tonight because even though we're looking to buy later in the year, I want to be prepared and I don't want any, um, I guess, surprises or, you know, bad news to arise. Yeah. Because yeah. so. I think just some of the things she shared that you weren't aware of and maybe some of our listeners won't be either. And so this is a good opportunity to, like, mm-hmm. you know, if you're in the same boat as Jess or close to it, like, get your checklist going and yeah. make sure that you are ready kind of also for information like bracing yourself a little bit because that was one of the things that happened and I didn't share it on the show with Jody but just a quick like story that's one of the things that happened with Justin and I like we went in we thought we were like okay like we are we can buy a house let's go do this and and they were very quickly were like well your credit is shit um Justin's was and we didn't know because we were too scared to check our credit and just kind of hope for the best. And these are like little things that I know a lot of people kind of deal with. They they don't want the bad news. It's like you have something going on with your body and you don't want to go to the doctor because you kind of know. Um, so we we went. We don't sat with the mortgage it. broker. Exactly. And she was like, you got to get that credit up um, right away. And it, I mean, it, we had great jobs, him especially at the time. Um, so financially, the money was there. But it, there's two parts. You need credit and money. And um, the credit situation wasn't there just from us both being, like, stupid, like most people mm-hmm. are at, like, 18, getting student credit cards, not paying them off in time, all that shit. Uh, so he had to get a, um, I guess, a prepaid credit card and spend it, pay, spend, pay, spend, pay to prove that you can you know, you have the money to pay off a credit card. It was so low, but it was just 
building this routine and like showing transactionally that you can afford to do this. I don't really know how that worked because it was such a small amount. And but, for how long? Uh Luckily for us, it was only a few months. We were expecting so that to be like everything <laughs> six months to a year. Um, but we we checked a little bit earlier just because we were curious and we're like, oh, like we're good. And then we connected with the mortgage broker. So that's our situation, though. I don't want to set the tone that that could be for anybody. And that was Every- six years ago, too. Things yeah, could be different. Exactly. Now. Exactly. So um, but wasn't prepared to hear that we didn't have a clue and it was like oh and then we were like looking at houses prior to doing this too we started looking before we even really knew we had a number in our head that we thought we could afford and so we just started like seeing these houses and and was your pre-approval for that number it was much higher Luckily, but oh, good. as I mentioned in the show, um, it was the idea of taking on a mortgage of even half a million dollars was like terrifying to us because we thought about like, well, what if something happened and like if he lost his job or I lost my job or anything, right? So we were very nervous buyers with that like feeling of like, oh my God, what if we just can't hack it? Um and we had two children, or we're going to have two. Like, I was pregnant at, when we bought the house. Um, so it's just, like, I feel, looking in hindsight, like, I could have been a lot more confident. And I want, I don't, again, I don't want to set the tone for anybody in your situation or, like, similar to what I what my situation was, that it's, like, bad and negative and, like, you know, just forget about it. it I just feel like there was things I didn't know. And had I spoken to somebody who knew me, a referred realtor, like a friend of a friend kind of thing, it probably would have made that process a little bit less scary and I wouldn't have had as much anxiety. I mean, definitely well, I everything think... worked out in the end. So I'm super happy. But Yeah, and I don't think it's a bad thing to go into this a little apprehensive. I don't think, you know, you th- telling people that there's nerve-wracking elements to this is the, the worst piece of advice. Like, they should go into it up. Uh, nervously they should go into it with anxiety because you don't want to go into it willy-nilly and it's like give me that million dollar mortgage you know what I mean not that they just would but or if you get pre-approved but you know what I mean like I'm sure there are limitations and they don't just like take your word for it like I promise I'll pay but I it is a big deal you should be really cautious about every element of it and be smart yeah and and that's just it like they're it's, it is pretty simple in terms of, like, what you need to do to get things in order. Um, yeah. But it is just such a huge purchase. And every single person's situation is different. What you may have I know, as a down you, payment. Well, you yeah. and Jody were like, it's so nerve-wracking. It's a big purchase. And I'm like, why? And she, Jody's like, well, you'll see. And I'm like, mm, I don't think it'll bother me. I can't wait to spend all that money. <laughs> Well, I mean, because it's not like spending it like you have all this cash in your hand and then you hand it to somebody where you get to see that transaction. It's all just a digital behind the screen type thing. So really, you see nothing except sign the papers, which is like signing your life away. But Um, I figure everyone's going into a mortgage for multiple decades. So it's not like 
you know, yeah. it's a big fucking debt. It's going to last for a long time. There's nothing we can do about that. So I'm not scared about it. I I would rather just get that ball rolling instead of paying rent, you know? Absolutely. And that's one perspective. And that's why I say everybody's situation is different. Everybody's perspectives are going to be different. But yeah, at the end of the day. my boyfriend feels more like you. <laughs> he's like, this is a huge deal. Oh, because like, no, it's, it's not. Because he's rational. He's the rational <laughs> one in the relationship. Like, let's buy all the stuff. <laughs> yeah. So yes. thank God you have a level-headed individual in your partnership because um, you need that. Understood. And especially you need that. Understood. <laughs> but yeah, it is, all in all, it is like a, a big deal. And again, if you have, which is kind of actually funny that your reaction to it is the way it is because you are someone that deals with anxiety just in life and not for spending money <laughs> not for buying I mean stuff. I don't have issues spending money either and I don't suffer from anxiety you know why because you're rational <laughs> because you are rational of course that is naturally a, a, a rational thing to have anxiety for me I have anxiety for like stupid shit like what did I say five years like, ago not for real important shit like, like buying a house cut your plant <laughs> and I couldn't sleep <laughs> She's so good right now. I just had to look at her. <laughs> do a check. Quick check. She's still there. I do quick checks to my plants every single morning. All of them. All 26 of them. That's cute. Oh, my God. Well, mine are alive still, so I... I know. I see them. They look fantastic. I deserve a pat on the back. You um, do. I have to say, I wonder though, when I... I'm going to tell you that um, that's a pothos. Okay. And you could literally grow those in closets. I haven't told you yet because I didn't want to hate on your. That's fine. Progress. I'm glad to know that. The harder to kill, the better. Every time you need a plant, get that one. Okay, I will. I'm when I hanging plants everywhere. It was my first plant that I ever got, and she's like, "If you kill this, there's something wrong with you. You could grow this in a closet." I'm like, "Yeah, that's what I need." Yeah. And well, look where I, I am now. Well, okay, we kind of veered off our topic, but I also have to say <laughs> that my vegetable. My little seedlings are just flourishing. I've got cucumber, I've got tomato, and I've got beans happening, and they're ready to move into the bigger garden, and I'm very impressed with myself, and I just need our listeners to know that also. (laughs) I'm sure they're very impressed with you. I'm sure they kind of saw this coming because we already mentioned that you can only keep two out of the three alive, and the third is dead, so. Yeah, the fish died. We've, yeah. we've discussed that already. We won't go back there. But yes. So. <laughs> There's Poor no Spongebob. trifecta. Poor Spongebob. <laughs> he lived hard and fast. He yes. did. And that's that's a good way to go, man. <laughs> no regrets. <laughs> um, and a quick, another quick topic change. But I have to say, I'm really seeing your tan. What? I know. And I, I was going to put fake tanner on today, too. But I just haven't gotten to it but i'm like i barely even need it <laughs> maybe we maybe we should post a side-by-side pic so everyone can no. see <laughs> fine after i do the self-tanner <laughs> no like, it's me and lauren natural. are so tanned <laughs> we're so we go tanned. tan me and lauren are <laughs> <laughs> we're the most tan people that you we're ever... pretty much as tanned as it gets <laughs> <laughs> well according to you the other day you said i look like i changed race so um that's cool. Well, I barely recognized you. If you didn't, like, answer the phone on FaceTime <laughs> and I didn't hear your voice, I wouldn't have even known. <laughs> it was just a picture. You'd be like, who is this girl? 
Yeah, like, can you put Lauren on the phone, please? (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully no one takes offense to that. We don't mean it offensively. I just tan really easily, and it does kind of change how I look a little bit. Yeah, and it's, like, rapid succession tanning. Like, you were a different color, like, a week ago. I don't know how else to say it. She's very, very tanned. (laughs) It happens quick. It does. Um... But yeah, no, you look quite tanned also for you. Thank so you. I, I was going to go outside to sure. too. And like, because I'm, I'm working on this tan. I'm not showing you my legs. <laughs> I don't know how, what to do about them. <laughs> they don't um. get any color. They're not even white. They're pink. Because <laughs> my trans- blood. <laughs> kind of transparent. They're pink and veiny because I have blood and veins. <laughs> <laughs> really? That's kind of like your, when your hair is not wet it's dry situation. <laughs> i don't think we talked about that on we didn't but okay so yeah just just needed All to point out when her hair isn't wet it's dry um in a, a conversation offline uh so that was you know just just in case anyone doesn't know what happens to hair when it's not wet it i is told dry. you we are always here with the big information yeah we we got you all with our very like sound and oh my god information <laughs> anyways i think we should just probably welcome jody <laughs> yeah i hope you guys enjoyed that banter it was a lot i'm sorry but like we do we do have a great banter. yeah it was just all over the place but we do have a great show um jody is awesome she is you can tell that she's such a caring individual and she is she's a great friend of mine and i'm so Fortunate to have her in my life as a friend and also as a extremely successful realtor. So she really has the direct information and she'll give it to you straight. So again, if you ever have questions, you can reach out to her. And um, yeah, really excited to have Jody on the show to talk about the real estate market right now. And welcome to the show, Jody. Welcome, Jody. Thank you so much for having me. Yay. Yes. So why don't you introduce what you are doing because we have about a million questions for you and all of your expertise. So why don't you let our listeners know uh, a little bit about your profession? Okay, I'm Jody Gear. I'm a real estate agent with uh, the Mary Roy team and Remax Hallmark First Group in um, in Durham. So that this is like must have been a crazy year for you being a real estate agent with this crazy housing market. And and let me just preface this: later this year, so t- obviously 2021 the second year that we're now in COVID, I am hoping to buy a house and like, am I doomed? (laughs) Fill us in how this year has been in COVID. Um, It has been a shocker, to be completely honest. When COVID hit, we thought our year was over, um, our, our real estate year. It bounced back within a month. Mm-hmm. Um, people still needed to buy, people still needed to sell. And it just actually, it blew our minds. Like even the major, um, top real estate agents in, in the city, in the country were just blown away. Um, so many people that are living in condos downtown were desperate to get out of downtown. Right. Uh, and that's why the, the suburbs have blown up. Cottage country 
has blown up uh, properties with, you know, acreages. They're just selling like hotcakes where, you know, a year and a half ago they wouldn't have. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, wow. I guess this is, and I hate to use this term, the most unprecedented year you've seen in real estate <laughs> <laughs> because of... Yeah, you can't prepare for these types of years. Yeah, and I mean, when I started seeing the house prices, like just you know, seeing listings here and there, hearing it being talked about on the news. And like, it was shocking to see how many people were buying and selling and what was be like, what houses were being sold for. I know that my property value has gone up like an insane amount. And um, that's one of the things that we wanted to chat about, like, with the market being so inflated as it is right now, I think everybody is, especially the if you are a first time home buyer, like feeling unsure. So I've owned my home for six years, so I'm in one category. Jess, who isn't a home buyer, she's in another category. So, like, can you kind of tell us about the differences there? Like, what if I wanted to sell now as a already homeowner? And, like, what if Jess wanted to buy soon as a first-time home buyer? What do you recommend? And I do. Yeah. I highly recommend that if you're planning on buying a home by the end of the year, I would get in touch with a mortgage broker, get yourself pre-approved because now? they'll be able to, you uh, six months, because they can okay. lock in a rate uh, for up to six months. Right wow. now, wow, the interest okay. rates are so low. And I think that's another, another thing why the market has gone the way it has is the rates are the lowest they've been in well, probably forever, <laughs> uh, right. to be completely honest. So I didn't know that. I thought because the housing market I, it was as high, I guess you could say. I don't know the terminology, but the housing market is high. The prices are, are inflated, I guess. It, so I thought the mortgage rates and interest were also high. No. Oh, God, no. No, okay. no, no, no. So, for example, uh, I sold a client a house um, about two weeks ago, and they were quoted a mortgage rate of 1.35. Wow. They had bought their townhouse 11 years ago for 3.5%. And, and the interest rates keep dropping. Um, okay. You know, they're, they're, and that's why if you plan to buy at the end of the year in June, you've, I, I can give you some really good mortgage brokers and they can lock in the rate, but they can also pre-approve you. So say for example, right. you may think, oh, I can only afford 400000 but once they do all the calculations you could find out that you can afford 600000 If you don't know and right. educate yourself, you're walking into purchasing a home blindly and you don't want to do that. So yeah, like Jody, you, as we mentioned, you kind of handle, well, the GTA for sure, right? And you have a lot of focus in the Durham region, which is where I live. And so I think for our listeners' benefit, like, just explain, so you kind of started with go and speak to someone and at least kind of know 
where you're at, even if it is six months or more away, just to get that information. So you're not kind of like, okay, I think I'm ready to buy. And then you learn all these things that you aren't prepared for, right? You really want to educate yourself. You really want to know what you're walking into because purchasing a home and selling a home is very stressful. So to walk Mm -hmm. into a situation which is one of the largest purchases of your life without knowing what you're walking into, you're going to put so much stress on yourself. And that's why I highly recommend that you get all the information you need. So, you know, getting in touch with a really good real estate agent who's going to take care of your needs, who's going to answer all your questions, who's going to be completely honest with you and tell you straight up how it's going to be. Because purchasing, you know, 400, $800 million homes isn't a walk in the park. You, you want someone that is going to teach you as you go and before you take that step to start actually looking at houses, know what you're doing. So you say that by talking to a real estate agent, talking to a mortgage broker, should we talk to lawyers? What? You no, know, I mean, lawyers are, they just do the paperwork afterwards. Um, okay. They're, I mean, they're extremely important, but they're not going to sit down with you and explain everything. Yeah. Cause that's not their job. And if you wanted that, right. you better have the money to pay for it. You know, worry about changing title of the house from, from the seller to the buyer. That's their thing. You want an eight, like a real estate agent that's going to explain it all to you. And then a mortgage broker who's going to say, well, this is what you can afford and we're locking in a mortgage rate of whatever percentage they're offering at that time. And right, I like how you said that, you know, find a really good agent. That doesn't just mean like find the person that's most successful. And this is my opinion on it. Um, or like someone that, you know, has the biggest name maybe in your area. I think when you want to find an agent, it's kind of like an interview process a little bit. Like you, a lot comes on referral. Obviously, you know that Jody. Um, but it's, you need to really have that connection, like feel that vibe and feel like this person is genuinely here to help me, not just quickly sell me on something, get my commission and off they go. Like we, we had, we talked to a couple and when we were buying, you weren't um, like you weren't available for us, but uh, like it was, it was an interesting experience to like think like, Oh, I'll just get a real estate agent. And then you're like, no, it's not just anybody. Like I need somebody that, I feel really will work with me and knows what I'm looking for and can help me find it. And that I think that's really good advice. I don't think people know that or think of that. So there's about 55,000 real estate agents in the GTA and only top 10 or sorry, only 10% are making money are good at what they do. Not it's not that they're not good. It's either, you know, part-time or 
um, they don't know how to engage, so they don't get a lot of referrals. Um, I want to go back to um, finding a good agent who's going to work for you. Go to your friends, go to your family and say, okay, like Jess, I could, I could say, okay, we're going to go, I'm going to take you out and we're going to go look at houses in St. Catharines. I don't know that market. Mm-hmm. I would rather refer it out to an agent that works that specific area to make sure you get the best mm-hmm. knowledge, service, someone who knows the area and can say, you know what, this pocket is a little sketchy. I don't think it's a good idea to purchase here. Right. Right. And there's quite a few of those in St. Catharines. Ask your friends, ask your family who have a connection with a real estate agent, even if it's in a different location. Like say, for example, you say, Jody, I want, I'm, I'm going to buy in six months. I would get you in touch with that agent that um, I right. trust out that way. Um, and she'd be able to tell you, you know, this area is good. This school's not good. If you're planning on having kids, you know, the there's a train track around the corner. Right. You know what I mean? You need to ask your friends and family who have agents who can refer you mm-hmm. to whatever area you're in. Yeah. And, and we're lucky because we actually do know one down here. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess like kind of not knowing where to start. So I had no idea that I should get a, you know, go talk to a mortgage broker at this point. Um, all of that is new. And also I'm a little intimidated by the, these market prices. I know that you're still working a lot and you're really busy right now, but is it in my best interest to get a house this year? Like, what would you tell somebody who is looking to buy in this year when the prices are high? I'm going to be completely honest. Um, I think the sooner you get into the market, the better. Right. My opinion is with COVID and the borders being closed down, once everything has settled and the borders open up, the government's going to allow immigration to come into Canada. And most of the time, people come to Toronto because it's the largest city in in Canada. Well, they need somewhere to live and they're going to be buying homes. It's going to drive the prices up. So it's going to get higher than it is now. I be- I think there's going to be a dip. I think that in the next couple of weeks to months, the real estate market's going to go oh. down a little bit. But I don't think that will last long. And um, like I said, when the borders are open and immigration's allowed to, to, to come into the country, they need somewhere to live. Right. And they're going to be bringing... You know they're going to be bringing money into the country and buying homes. Right. I I don't I don't see the market drastically changing in the next little while. And that's that's great information too because honestly that's not anything I ever would think about. I don't consider really anything Never. outside of my like what's in front of my <laughs> face essentially when it comes to real estate. Like I'm not planning on moving, um, but what. What happens in or what's happening in situations like mine where I have a home and I bought six years ago, so I did, ha- I, I mean, I consider now that I bought at a pretty good rate. 
Um, when I was purchasing, it was like, oh my God, like we're taking on a $400,000 mortgage. That seemed insane and like very scary. Like, how are we going to pay for this? And, um, but now to think about people that are coming into the market now and either first time home buyers, um, or they're selling like a condo and moving into a larger home, like taking on much larger, more, much larger mortgages that, I mean, it gives me anxiety to think about it, but for them, (laughs) for them. Yeah. But one of the things that I'm hearing a lot, because we have a lot of friends that own as well, and there's this like, you can kind of see what's happening like this, like, oh my God, we should sell, we should sell because the homes that have been purchased are now worth like double, even triple. And so people are kind of getting like lost in this idea that like, oh my God, I could sell my house for a million dollars now. And, but then it's like, where do you buy? And, and <laughs> well, that's a conversation we've had before. And I have a conversation with, you know, if I go to a listing appointment and they don't have, you know, they're like, Oh, we're going to cash in. And then we're going to, we're going to buy something else. And, and I've, I've actually talked clients out of selling because they haven't planned where they're going to go. They're still going to have to buy a house too. You're not just getting the million dollars. <laughs> Exactly. If you're buying because you need to downsize or, you know, you're having more children, I totally understand that. I totally understand that. But if you're selling to cash in, it's not a good idea because you have to purchase something else. Um, and the, right. like I said, the, like the prices are crazy. You're better off to sit on it and wait until... Um, you know, the market changes if it does. So that's kind of a conundrum though, because you're saying that you don't see it dipping yeah. a lot, but interest rates are very low right now. There's people that see this value in their home and think, oh, I could cash in. I guess if they're the the only, like the best bet for someone like that is if you're planning on moving like well away from the GTA where prices are or still, downsizing or downsizing. Yes. But, or prices are still, um, a little bit more reasonable, but with that you take, you lose the city life. You definitely do. But I mean, the housing market in Northumberland, Prince Edward County, uh, it's, crazy busy and prices are they're not they're not last year's prices they're this year's prices so you know where you could buy a house for you know 500,000 that's now 750,000 oh my god and what's up with the I'm sure this always happened but I think it's just happening a lot more the bidding wars and then the pricing really low to get more bidding wars is that a trend right now or is that just always how it's been well when the market was crazy in 2017 bidding wars were exactly how they were now so not all agents do this um and it and honestly for me if i'm listing a house it all depends on where it is durham has more listings right now so there's more competition so their people agents are pricing it at what their clients are wanting to sell their houses for or what the agent thinks the market value is and not holding back offers. But where I live, where inventory is very, very low, I do price it a little bit lower. I'm not ridiculous, but I do price it a little lower to get 
as much traction as possible. And that's confusing for people who are looking, like, I was just looking at houses for sale and I see some, and you know, in St. Catharines, obviously it's a lot cheaper. There still are houses down here going for 300000 But I'm like, is that the real price? Is that what it's worth? Or is this going to go for 600000 You need an agent that's going to do their research. Right. But you need someone who's going to work for you. It's not just, okay, show you a house and then, you know, I'll put an offer in for you. They need to actually work for it. And that's really important because you, for me... If I'm going to purchase something, I need to see it in black and white and see that I'm not overpaying. I don't want to, I, I wouldn't suggest to my clients, oh, you know, let's send an offer under value because if it is in multiple offers, majority of the time, the seller's only looking at the top three. So you don't even have a chance if you're not educated and you need an agent that's going to educate you. That makes sense. So then as a not a first time home buyer, like what about people that are considering income properties or like, I mean, I feel like that's something that's not huge right now just because the prices are so high, but should people be taking equity out of their home, taking loans against their home to do, for instance, a big renovation um, or to buy something else? Or are you thinking like that's not a great time to do that because you may not get that value back? Like, I, I, it's just an area that is very confusing also for even somebody who's already bought and sold a house. Like, I still think there's so many, you hear so many different things and then you you just don't know what to do. Like, can you share sort of like a high level advice on that? Would totally invest in your house because if you look at the market trends over the past 10 years, the market may dip for a month, but overall, year per year over year, it continues to increase. So, Laura, you did the right thing. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. And you know what? I think think COVID (laughs) has really opened people's eyes. You know, nobody's able to travel. So... You know, that's why the market's so hot because people want bigger properties and people are investing in their homes. They're putting the pools in. They are fixing the kitchen. Uh, They're remodeling their bathrooms and all that kind of stuff. They're finishing the basement because they need more space. That is never, that's never a bad thing. Never. But don't you think it's kind of ra- like rash decisions to be up and selling your condo in like the heart of downtown or even whatever home like in prime GTA area to move out to the burbs um, just to get a bigger property? Considering like we know that COVID or this state of our province or country, the world is not going to last forever. So now you've sold your like prime real estate in the city to live in a larger home and a larger property outside of the city but you know in a couple months or worst case scenario I guess sometime next year things kind of start leveling out and going back to normal but now you don't have that like prime downtown location I think like you really have to be sure that you don't want that city life anymore I think once you've spent like in 600 square feet quarantine with someone else they're like get us the fuck out of (laughs) here A lot of larger companies have realized 
they don't need all their employees to come in five days a week. That it has worked over the past year and probably has saved them money with people working from home. When everything opens up again, people will be commuting downtown. Um, But I don't see everybody doing that. I, I think the commercial market, real estate market downtown is gonna suffer because it's probably cheaper for huge corporations to have some of their employees working from home, whether it's full-time or whether it's part-time. Yeah, my work got rid of their office downtown St. Catharines. I work for the local newspaper part of Toronto Star. We've had an office there for 100 years, and they just got rid of it. It's never coming back. Oh, my gosh. And we all work from home. Well, that's a really interesting concept, too, is because, and I know you don't deal in a lot of commercial real estate, but... Like, what's going to happen with all these huge corporations, these buildings that are could now essentially lie empty because, yeah, this past year has proven that people can work from home. I think those big corporate office buildings are going to turn into condos. That makes the most sense. Like industrial style condos where you've got like the concrete yep. wall. Like that's I'm just saying that because that's what my office looks like. Well, people, I think, would appreciate a bigger space. Um, I think now, of anything, after being in quarantine and COVID, these little 600-square-feet apartments, they are not cutting it for people. Uh, people need more space. So if you put the option there. But a lot of my clients are because of separation and divorce over the past year. So they're selling and buying separately because they mm. couldn't like that this year has made people really look at their relationships. And we've talked a lot about that on the show too. And we have, it's interesting to think about like how that alone has affected the real estate market. Cause people are just like, Oh my God, I actually hate you and don't want to be with you anymore. We need to move out separately. Too much time spent together. You're not supposed to be 24 hours with your partner. Yeah. I mean, for sure. Like that is obviously weighing up that, weighs on everybody in my house is just we're all home all together all the same time my husband and I have jobs to do that are quite demanding um the kids my youngest as I've mentioned on the show many times like he's just not interested in this virtual school I don't blame them he does yeah I don't blame him at all but it's it's just this issue of like you're supposed to be doing something. I need you to be doing it and being distracted and focused because I can't be your entertainment right now. I can't help you because I have to do my job so I can get paid so I can afford our life. Like that's, you know, it's just that cycle that goes around and around. So I can only imagine, yeah, the people that, you know, once had this nice little comfortable life and even in a smaller condo, when everybody's out at work or out at school or like the mixture of the two, It's, it it's really manageable. Work. It's manageable. But yeah, yeah like like I said, I'm, I you don't really think about how COVID divorce rates may have impact or are impacting the real estate market. And it's it's also an interesting concept if you, your prediction is that some of these commercial buildings are going to become condos. Um, everybody's left the city. And I use that, I say that very like loosely. Obviously, everybody hasn't. But people have left the city to buy outside of it because of this situation who are the people that are going to then now be like oh i want to go buy one of these fancy new condos if that was to happen well, the next batch of, like single people and the immigrants 
<laughs> but I mean, there's always going to be like young people that want to go to the city. The city will come back. Of course. Life, of course. Though, you know, whatever. So there's always going to be people that want to be there. And then, of course, jobs will come back eventually, too. But, uh, you know, I didn't even consider the fact that people are separating. And we knew that we were like we've we've had a divorce lawyer, uh, divorce lawyer on the show, Leanne Townsend. And she told us about how she's been so busy you know, much like you, Jody, in this year. And of course, now with a separating couple, that's two new houses, right? Or two new properties that need to be bought. So, I mean, it makes sense. It's sad, obviously. Very. Another sad casualty of COVID. Um, but it's, but- it's really interesting when you just think about how COVID touches everything, which we we know, like our brains understand that. But like when you actually like put thought into it and think like, oh, COVID affects the real estate market, not just because people are buying and selling um, just to leave the city, for instance, or whatever. It's because they're also divorcing and, yeah. you know. And they're having babies. And different kinds of properties. They need bigger houses. Yeah. Yes, to accommodate virtual school because now they need offices and rooms so everybody's separated and, and you're not, like, getting all the sound from everybody's computer and meetings and the school. So, like, it's just – it's really interesting to – just think about that for a second but then also like how you know like I just going back to my question with people moving out into suburbia like are the values of these houses that are that they're at right now so you know some people's bought their like for instance I'll use me as an example like we bought for about four hundred and twenty five thousand six years ago and we're getting those little flyers and updates and you've mentioned um that we could potentially sell between high 900s and into the million uh just over mark depending on you know the right buyer probably the right time will my house hold that value like it will i mean i mean lauren think about it when that casino in ajax is built finally opens <laughs> there's going to be tens of thousands of employees where are they going to live right. they're not going to be compute commuting they're going to be buying and then as like i said i keep coming back to immigration because i think i think the market's going to blow up when that happens not everybody wants to live downtown. So do I think your house is going to hold value? I absolutely do. Do I think oh, there wow. could be a dip? Yes, but it, I really don't think it would last that long. And by dip, do we mean her house is worth 900000 It's going to go to 700000 No, I mean and like that, okay. it may go down to 900000 from a million. But from then million. it's going to go up. I mean, you know I know the market yeah. in your area. And since you've bought six years ago for 400000 and your house is, you know, it's gone up almost 600000 That's almost 100000 a year. Did it go down? No, it hasn't. Your market value has not gone down. All it's done is increase and increase and increase. Toronto is one of the, it is the largest city in Canada. So this is why you tell us to jump into the real estate market right away because she bought for 400000 right? Yeah. So I guess some of the things that we really wanted to know is like, what do you have to have in order to be a first home buyer? So you've already mentioned like 
go talk and kind of understand but like what do you have to have going into it like yes you can go see what you're approved for but like what should be in order in your life you need to have monies to put down uh for a down payment and you need to have money for a deposit okay wait what's a good down payment what's a good deposit and what is the difference (laughs) and what is the difference (laughs) a deposit is when you put an offer on a home you're going to offer an amount of money so say it's $25,000 and it's held in the listing brokerage's trust account so it's you showing good faith and not you know not many people are going to walk away from $25,000 oh so it's not returnable it's used to it so it's held in trust and then when it closes, that money goes to the lawyers and the lawyers use that as part of your down payment. So okay. down payment for a ho- first time home buyer, depending on your credit and, um, you know, if you, if you don't have good credit, um, they could ask for a larger amount. So usually CMHC will ask for 25%, but because home, first-time home buyers, they give a break too. I recommend having a minimum of 20,000 or 20%, sorry. And then another 20,000? No, because you can use that, you can use that 20,000 as part of your down payment. Okay. Okay. So we need like 60,000 in total. Right. On 300,000, Jess. And going up from there, obviously. First time home buyers, they get a break. Well, I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) But how realistic is that? Like, who the fuck has that? Yeah, how do people have that? I mean, unless you have families that have a lot of money. Like, Lauren, what did you put on your house? We did not put that down. We had 25,000 in total. That was it. We drained your deposit. Yeah, that was all we had. We, after we finalized everything from our purchasing our home, we maybe had a thousand dollars in our bank collectively. Like it was terrifying. We both had good jobs. We knew the money was coming back in, but you know, what if something happened in the first couple of weeks of owning our home? Like we we put literally everything we had into this home at that time because. That was, the, that was the only thing we could do. We didn't, we don't have parents that could, you know, afford to front us the money or even give us the money. Um, and, you know, very envious of people that do. I think that's awesome if you are fortunate to have that. But really, like, I think about the people coming into this market as a first time home buyer, if they want to live anywhere pretty much in the GTA and they're looking at like houses. And I know some condos are crazy expensive, but like, wh- who? I just think it's like unfathomable unfathomable to me to have that kind of a deposit if you're like someone in your late 20s, early 30s. Like I just, I don't know how it's done to be honest. I do not have that deposit. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> why you need to talk to a mortgage broker to ask them how much money do I need to have if I, you know, if they say, okay, you're, you're qualified for a $400,000 mortgage, you need to ask them what kind of of a down payment do I need to have? 
what do I need to work towards? I have people that are in my database and I check in with them on a regular basis where I have sent them to my mortgage person and he's like, listen, you need to pay off these debts, um, you know, with your current job situation and your current salary, you could be doing this, but you need to have a certain amount for the down payment. So that's what they work towards. And I touch base with them and, and, you know, they're very appreciative and which is fantastic, but they can't realistically buy right now because they've been told by a professional, you're not going to get a mortgage. This is what you need to do to get a mortgage. This is terrifying. (laughs) Do you think that it makes sense? Because, you know, and, and maybe COVID has helped people in these situations, but when you're younger and you're buying your first home, like you want to, I know for us, we were like, well, we want to live where we're living now. We want to stay in the city. This is where we grew up. This is our area. This is our stomping ground. We were close to the beaches. We were close to the bluffs. Like we wanted that whole lifestyle. And when we started considering like, okay, we're going to start looking, we realized very quickly that that was not going to be a realistic option for us unless we bought a shack or like a, a garage border, literally. borderline condemned home that we would then have to put so much and money even into. then it, yeah it, and so no. we started pushing our boundaries like okay we'll go a little further we'll go a little further so we started looking in ajax and um and then we realized we don't want to be this far so like where where are we gonna go so we kind of we're able to figure it out, meet ourselves in the middle, and and landed on Pickering, and um, we really lucked out. We put our offer in at like nine o'clock. We saw the house in pitch black, middle of like January winter, and we loved it. It was very turnkey in that moment, and we bought it and we put an offer in at ten o'clock that night. Like it was crazy, and we and we we lucked out and got it. But so, do you think? My question is my long winded. <laughs> question Jody (laughs) is do you think it makes more sense for people to kind of like suck it up put this flashy like ideal lifestyle away buy further away if they can like if they can they have the ability to commute or work from home whatever or find a new job in a different area just get into the market buy something with actually within their means and then you know figure it out in the future if you want to get closer at that point I highly recommend that Absolutely. I think that you just got to get into the market because if you wait, you're going to end up paying more money. But I highly recommend you get into the market sooner than later. And that's kind of good advice. We heard from our financial uh, expert that we had on the show, Nicole Victoria, and she had said, buy where you can afford, not necessarily where you want to live. Because even if you buy and enter the market and you rent that place and just rent where you want to live, um, at least you're in the market. And I think that that, you know, is seeming to be a common consensus. And, you know, you terrified me a few like conversations back or earlier in the conversation about how a, a reality check might come to me when I go to the mortgage breaker. And they're like, oh, what about this, this and this? So but now I feel a little bit better because the truth is, if I just get in, you know, whether or not it's my dream house, suck it up for a little while, compromise for a little while, then you know, reevaluate, I could be in a better position. Yeah. So, I mean, the biggest takeaway, obviously, from this conversation is just get into the market in whatever way you can. 
Um, I still think it's, you know, just so crazy how, like, I still don't understand how people are affording to do it. Um, well, you're doing it. You know. <laughs> no, but as a first-time homebuyer, like I said before, you know, when we purchased at four twenty-five, that's the idea of that was insane. Like, that's almost half a million dollars. We were like, yeah, hopefully we'll find something in the, like, high twos, low threes, and... We weren't Jokes on so you we, guys, jeez. Yeah, so we kept pushing our our limit a little bit more, a little bit more, even though we knew we what we were approved for, which was much higher. But we just had this anxiety Why? about taking on a big because I we, don't feel that way. I feel like about taking on it, a big you're mortgage. You're going to be in debt it with it forever. Of, Why be scared about it? It's going to take thirty years to pay off. What's the big deal? But Jess, when you become a first time home buyer, you're going to shit yourself too. No, you know, the problem is uh, I can spend money too easily, Jody, and I think that's my problem. <laughs> and that might be my problem when I go to the mortgage broker. So. Well, it's not going to be the problem because when the mortgage broker sets you straight and puts you in check, you're going to be well, like, Well, that's why okay. I got a little scared but no, when you mentioned some people have Yeah, but checks. that's why I'm saying... And that's why I'm saying we knew what we were approved for, but we were like, we're not, we don't want to go anywhere near that because anything could happen. And I think that's something that people need to consider too is, yeah, great. Awesome. You can get approved for a million dollar mortgage, but what happens if one of you loses your job and, or, you know, terrible things happen. Okay. So I have a quick question. If you get approved for $500,000 and you only spend $400,000, what's with up with that extra $100,000? Can you go back for it? No. <laughs> Just because no. you're approved doesn't mean you need to use all of it. If you find your house, like a dream house, and it's only 425000 it's not like you already have that money. It means you don't have to pay interest on the rest of it. Right. right? Okay. So say, you know, you're in St. Catharines. Okay. Say you're approved for 500000 but you find your your home that you love for three hundred and twenty five thousand. That means you don't pay one hundred and seventy five thousand of interest. Okay. Well, what if I found I got five hundred thousand approval. I found a home for three hundred thousand, but it needs a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, you can use it. Okay. So basically, That's all I need to know. <laughs> so the mortgage also works like a loan at the same time. Then, like I, yeah, like what Jess said for her example. So say the the cost of the home to actual actually buy the home is three hundred thousand, but it needs that hundred and thousand hundred thousand. Are those treated separately, or is it all just one mortgage? It's all just one loan. One loan. Or one loan. Yeah. I learned this on Property Brothers. That <laughs> this is what they would do. Okay, so that's good to know. See, these are honestly these are things I didn't really understand going into it, and we did have a great mortgage broker, and we did have a great real estate agent, and I'm super thankful for it. But it there was just so many things that you didn't that I didn't know enough about, and like. But you also did something similar with your mortgage. Well, we where you took yeah. Well, we took a equity loan. We it's very different. Okay, so then it's so you still have your mortgage payment and your well, equity it's rolled loan into payment. my mortgage now, but this is I've already owned the right. home, I have equity in the home, so you can take money. Say, for example, you've got a mortgage of four hundred thousand, but your home is worth a million. You can take 
200,000, 300,000 and go and buy another house. Well, how is that a loan if it's your money? But it's not necessarily your money. You're adding more mortgage to your already existing mortgage. So if, you're, if your mortgage is 400000 but you've got, you know, $500,000 equity in your home, you can use that against your mortgage. So say, for example, you took $100,000 and did the renovations in, in your backyard, in your kitchen, you just add that 100000 onto the four hundred. So then it's a $500,000 mortgage. But also right. just to clarify, when we say an equity loan, yes, I can take equity out of my house, but I can take more equity than like actual cash that I have into my home. So like I could take $200,000 out, for instance, but say... I maybe haven't actually paid $200 towards my mortgage, but because the value of the house is so much higher, I will make that back if I sell it. So it's like, yeah, I could take a couple hundred thousand out now, then I sell my house, the sale of the house pays off that portion of the loan, pays off whatever whatever existing loan, right? So those are things that like, I didn't really understand until we decided to do the rent big renovation in the backyard so it's super interesting and it's really important like you said Jody earlier to to understand all of those things at first I think too like I wish I had knew I wish I had known a lot of that prior I didn't know to ask the questions I didn't I didn't think that I would ever you don't do know that what you exactly. don't know a real estate agent that's going to give you the tools because there's so much it's not like oh my god I'm gonna I'm gonna go buy a house there's so many aspects and you need someone that is going to support you every step of the way. I've had clients that literally have breakdowns in the middle of the night because they're stressed out and can't sleep and I freaking go to their houses you let them call you? and calm them down. Jody, you're a therapist too. Honestly, that's part of the job. <laughs> I'm not joking. Did they tell you <laughs> and I love every minute of it. Well, if I ever because it's not just not... okay. I'm going to sell you a house. It's I have these. I want to say intimate relationships with these people. I do. Majority of the time, my clients become my friends, and that means uh-huh. the world to me. Because listen, I've had some clients that I don't care whether I were see them again or not but majority of my clients <laughs> nice I literally <laughs> will get up in the middle of the night to calm them down because they need that they like they need to have that support well I think your clients are lucky yeah to I mean you. that's what you need to find in a real estate agent it, it it takes such a toll on people it takes a toll on relationships um, but one of the other things that I'd like you to share with our listeners are some of the like fees that I also didn't know about, really. Like, I got a few surprises. Yeah. Um, like, lawyer yeah, fees like or what, whatever. On top of your down payment and, and or your deposit, what else do you need to be prepared for? Well, you have to be prepared for lawyer fees. Is there, like, a set amount for those? No, there aren't. It all depends. Is like, it, like, $200 or, like, $20,000? No, <laughs> it's... If there's no major issues, it's less than $2,000. If there's okay. issues... It could be a little bit more. Issues meaning if there's liens against a property, 
depends on how much work the, 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 the lawyer has to do and communicate with the seller's lawyer. Um, there's right. land transfer tax, and it's different in Toronto compared to Durham, compared to St. Catharines. So I can't answer specifically what, what that is because I don't know your area. Right, but I could probably just Google that. Oh, absolutely. And there's, and there's uh, calculators for that, that will tell if you say you're going to, you're purchasing in a certain area, you're paying a certain amount, it will calculate for you. And also, should what do you recommend for your client, like people starting to look and getting into the market? Um, do you say like, don't go crazy, don't like put your price at like 500,000 or, or I guess that's low nowadays, but like, you know, should they really be looking at houses that are realistic for them and not getting, you know, caught up in the excitement of looking at these beautiful turnkey homes? No, no. And that's a conversation I have with even if they, before they become clients, I have a conversation and I'm, I'm pretty frank in a very, very nice way where they're telling me what their budget is and I explain about the market. And I'm finding that houses are being, depends on the area, the, the prices are undervalued. So I really research because they can say, oh, this, this house is listed for 500000 There's no point in showing it to them if it's going to sell for 800000 Right. Well, that's another thing I learned on Property Brothers. Don't just go looking at things that you can't afford. Yeah, there's no point the because problem. you get depressed, right? You walk into this <laughs> yeah. beautiful house, you not get you that house. it, and you find out it's worth $300,000 more. Like, it really deflates people's psyche, to be honest. I've seen it. <laughs> yeah, I guess it so. It really, really does. So I, I will show them houses in the beginning and say, let's go look at this. I'm telling you it's going to sell for this amount. Offer date comes. I'm pretty good at determining prices. And then I'll send them the sold listing and say, this is your reality. So we need to look at houses that are listed, you know, in the 400 range or 350 range. And have an open mind because, you know, sometimes a coat of paint can go really far. Absolutely. Sometimes putting you know, a couple of plants like can go really far. And I think some people get a little blindsided when they can't see the potential. Um, and obviously when you walk into like a rundown shithole, it smells, it's a little discouraging. I'm sure, <laughs> okay, but. but that's the thing that some people can walk in and they can envision where their furniture can go. And then there's other mm-hmm. people. And I've had quite a few clients that if the home isn't set up and they can't imagine the colors of paint, they can't imagine where their furniture can go, they'll walk in and walk out. Right. So are you constantly in your therapy sessions with your clients being like, just imagine this? I don't take them to see houses if they, if they can't see it. They'll, they'll send me listings and say, we really like this one. And I'll look at it, I'll look at the pictures, and I'll say no, because you're going to walk in, and you're going to go, oh my god, it looks like a show home, or because it's empty, but there's some staging, and it's not home, like homey feeling, I know they're not going to like it. They're going to hate it. 
And I mean, that's a really challenging thing because I, I can visualize, but at the same time I can't. So I need like something to help me a little bit. I, I don't know what would yeah. have been better for me. I didn't see any empty homes at all the homes we saw had people still living in them. So it was, um, it was challenging there, but we talked mostly about buying on this episode. So I definitely want to have you back to talk about like selling too, because I think that um, that's a whole other side of it. And that's, there's so many important aspects and I've never sold. So, I mean, this would be something really helpful to me just to have that knowledge also. Selling is my forte. <laughs> oh, I know. I come to Jody with all real estate questions. And like, it's funny because, and we didn't uh, mention this at the top of the show, but we're good. We're great friends. And um, my husband gets very caught up in the like, well, our house is worth so much money now. Let's sell it. And Jody will come over and be like, no, Justin, there's, you're not selling your house. You cannot. I will not let you. <laughs> also, tell him to ch- take a chill pill and go sit in the pool. Like, why would you want to get rid of that? <laughs> I do. I'm like, can you just sit down and have a drink? Um yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, we need, but it's really true about like, again, we talked a lot about the selling or sorry, buying of a home, but we, this was an interesting conversation about like how much a real estate agent really does outside of just like the, the literal <laughs> buying and selling or helping people buy and sell a home. The late, it's night, the late night phone calls. It's sessions. like knowing your client inside and out and really like, mm-hmm. I know you're going to walk into this home and walk right back out. Like, I won't show you that because I already know how you're going to react to it. And like, Having that directness, I think my my agent was like that too, and I really appreciated someone being real with me and not, you know, kind of allowing me to run into these fantasies or this these ideas that I can have certain things that I really couldn't have. Um, she was like, well, you could do this eventually to this house, and you could eventually build on this house instead of being like, yeah, yeah, let's go look at this crazy... <laughs> And then let you spend more money than you can afford. And then you get stuck in these, like, this whirlwind of, like, well, I'll never get anything because I I hate these ones that I'm seeing and I can't see the potential. So I I just like that we kind of touched a lot on the fact that having an agent that's going to know you, yeah, who is going to be real with you, it isn't just about, like, what you see on the paper or what emails you get. It's, like, having that actual connection because this is where you for most people probably want to be for like at least five years I mean the whole we didn't talk about flipping because that's a whole other so we did the buying guide today next time we'll have you on to do the flipping and selling guides but in the meantime where can people find you if they are looking to buy sell or flip anything get therapy (laughs) at late night (laughs) I know right um well I, you can call or text 416-880-8433 or you can email jody.gear at me.com. Um, Jody is with an I. Gear is G-E-A-R. And we will link it, of course, cool. but also where can people find you on uh, social media because you post a lot of your listings and do little virtual tours so it's great too uh you can find me at jody underscore mary roy team that's for instagram instagram is where i am the most awesome well thank you so much for this conversation it's been super informative obviously we can't wait to have you back and anytime more yeah anytime (laughs) and i'll keep you posted on how this uh 
journey of mine goes yeah. because let's keep our fingers crossed. Yes. Yeah. I mean, and I honestly, keep your fingers crossed for me. I would get on speaking with a mortgage broker right away because okay. they'll be able to tell you, you know, how much of a down payment you need. And right. that's important because if you don't have it and you've got it in your mind, I want to buy at the end of the year and you can't because you don't have money saved, then it's, it, you have time to work towards it. That'd be a really shitty day. Right? <laughs> I am saving money though. Don't worry. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> well, thank you again. I'm not that delusional. <laughs> thank you again, Jody. It was awesome. We will be having you back on. And as always, you can follow us at Herspective underscore podcast on Instagram and stay tuned for probably a couple more parts with real estate agent Jody Gear. Thanks, guys. Thank Thanks. you. Bye. 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 Bye.